Hello, hello, and welcome to Decaf. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and Mark is back with me on Decaf. Mark, I, you better remember this because I may never say it again. I missed you. <laughs> that says more about Ron and Jordan than it does about me, though, I think. <laughs> I was about to say, no shade to Ron and Jordan, but I actually did miss you. How's it going? We all missed you. I think I speak for the whole listening community when I say we missed our guy, Mark. How are you? I'm doing a lot better. I mean, obviously, I, I had a, I got diagnosed of Bell's palsy, so that was kind of a tough thing, but uh, my face looks a lot better. I mean, you can tell my eyebrows are not quite even yet, and the right side of my mouth, you can see when I talk, it's not as bad. So it's been a a good improvement, and I finally feel comfortable being on video, so that's an exciting exciting moment. I I miss being on this too. Every Thursday, I'm like, oh man, I wonder what they're talking about today while I'm just doing my work. He gets nervous that I'll talk about Alabama football and Harry Styles and he (laughs) won't be here to absolutely rip my self-esteem to shreds (laughs) while I do it. Mark is back and I'm not going to talk about Harry Styles. I wanted to talk about Blink-182, but he's making me wait. Um, Next week. We'll talk about it next week. (laughs) Okay. I will talk about Blink-182 next week and I will come in with all of the facts because my entire youth was spent learning everything there was to know about Mark Hoppus talking Tom DeLong and Travis Barker. So we will talk about that next week. This week, though, we have a little teaser for our pork report for you guys because this was an entry that we came up with a few a few weeks ago when we saw that Metro Nashville was proposing a bill to offer a grant to Planned Parenthood for $500,000. Now, in the original bill, they were going to spend a large sum of that $500,000 giving people gas cards to go out of state to receive abortions. And then the rest of the money would go to sex education and contraception. People did not like that <laughs> because, and I will say this, and you'll, I'm kind of giving away an entry from the pork report, but I'm just going to say it. We did a poll recently, Beacon Center did a poll, and a large majority of Tennesseans want the government to get back to the basics. This is not back to the basics. This is a pandering political stunt. Now, in the bill that they ultimately passed, the gas cards were removed. And so it's a $500,000 grant to Planned Parenthood for contraception and sex education, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Planned Parenthood justifies its existence, they say, like in their mission statement, they say that that's something they already provide. So if that's something they already provide via donations, private donations, why is a grant from the government necessary? And why is a grant from the government, why are they even considering this when they're having to take money? This is probably what Mark wants to really harp on. (laughs) They're taking money from other entities in state government that need this money to do it. Like what, what is, what is the reasoning here? I literally, I don't understand. And it's less for me even about what Planned Parenthood does and just the fact that we're taking $90,000 from the police, $60,000 from the park, $60,000 from the library and giving it to a private nonprofit organization. Like, what are we doing? That's the that's where they messed up in the PR thing. You can't take money out of the police to put into Planned Parenthood when you know you're having you know crime waves. I mean, like Nashville is not. I mean, they've had higher rates of murder, I believe, and and just some general crimes in the past two years. So it's a bad idea just from a PR perspective. Saying why are we taking money out of police to get to Planned Parenthood? Now, look, this is not. I think we need to be clear about this. We're not making any points on abortion. I think people have different views on that. Uh, I think that's not for us to get into, to be honest. But it doesn't matter what you think about it. That's kind of where we're at. Why is the government giving money to this outside organization, money from the city budget? It's a city thing. Look, there's going to be abortion legal in some states and not in others. Obviously, Tennessee is one of the ones where they have kind of come down really hard on the kind of the the farthest. You can agree or disagree with that. But even if you don't, there's other states that allow it. And this idea that the city government of Nashville 
is going to give money to Planned Parenthood, which they can say it's for whatever whatever they want. It doesn't matter because they can say, oh, this is only for contraception. Well, if they had you know a $3 million budget for contraception next year, that can be now $2.5 million because they get that 500000 and the rest of their money can go to abortions or whatever else they do. Yeah. So earmarking, it doesn't really matter. They're going to spend that much money anyway, and then they're going to put more money into whatever they choose to. So it, it's a, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it just more talks about, no. and guess what? 500000 we can talk about. It. It's a lot of money for us. It's a lot of money for taxpayers. But like, that's not going to be a drop in the bucket for what Planned Parenthood really does. And it's really not even a drop in the right. bucket from what you're taking away from police. But it's a it's a virtue signaling piece of legislation to say, hey, we're pro-abortion. We want you to know. It's like, it, that you can say that personally. We don't care. Taking the money from these I'm things. Just is like- just, it, go ahead. Just like pass a resolution, like pass a resolution that says we in Nashville are pro-abortion. If that's what you feel like, if that's what the Metro Council feels like, just just pass a resolution. Don't take $90,000 from the police, $60,000 from the library, $60,000 from the Parks Department, all of this money. Because when they first, when the Metro Council first proposed this bill, I did a lot of research on this. When they first proposed the bill, the governor's office came back and said, this money is going to be hard to find. Every dollar of our budget is accounted for. This money is going to be hard to find. But you know where they found it? In the pockets of other organizations. It makes me so mad because this is clearly a political move and taxpayer money is on the line for it. It makes me so mad. Like, absolutely furious. Metro Nashville's never really cared about And I'd be furious if they did it for any organization. Yeah, Metro Nashville's not really cared about balancing a budget ever so it doesn't really matter to them where they get the money from but it, it is it's a it's, it's clearly a political stunt and it doesn't it doesn't really do anything it, it's just to show hey we're pro-abortion we want you to understand that it's a liberal city i guess some of the council people think they might get votes from saying that um it's just it's useless and it's just it, it, it again we kept talking about this whether it doesn't matter what you think about abortion this again shows that most of the natural national metro council are unserious people this is an unserious bill like a lot of the things they've done and it's just a way to say, hey, look at us. We're so liberal in a conservative state. That's all it is. It, it, it's just a showboat about how liberal they are. And I mean, who, who knows? Maybe it's it's a good idea in terms of re-election, but it's, it's not a good idea for taxpayers. And I'll say this that kind of leads into our next topic. There are a lot of Democrats that I know that care about fiscal responsibility. And I think that I know you're you're chuckling, but just like your classic Democrats, like not far left, classic Democrats, people care about where their tax dollars go and they want them to be spent well. They don't like this pandering wokeness, as my mother would say. But I, I think that the movement left more, more and more left, more and more left. And you could say the same to a degree on the right, but more and more left is why people like Tulsi Gabbard are leaving the Democratic Party. I, I think it's very clear that the Democrats have left, the Democrats as an institution have left a lot of their members behind and those members are fed up with it and they're leaving the party. Mark, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I really do think that the further and further leftward movement is leaving a lot of people behind. It is, but I think you also have this this weird thing where like, I almost give the Democrats credit because most of them don't pretend to care about fiscal responsibility. They say, oh, we want to spend all this money. They don't, they don't pretend to care. The Republicans, a lot of them that are elected, act like this is something they really care about until they get into office and they That's vote true. for all these. So, so it's like, there is some extent to where it's like, at it's least true. the Democrats don't don't pretend to care about it. But I think that you're right in that, like, yes. I think that the mainstream Republicans and Democrats who are voters do care about that. They say, this is important to me. I care about this. I don't know mm-hmm. about politicians. And, and like you said, I, mean, I think that you have this weird. That's what I'm of, saying. 
Yes, but but I mean the politician. But but I, I don't want to hear any more about how much people care about fiscal responsibility. I want to see them actually enact it. I want to say you know this actually matters to me because I can and I'm not going to go into it. But I can think of you know maybe five or six people in the the you know the U.S. Uh, Congress right now who actually care about it. <laughs> I, I mean I really that's all I can I think of. So I mean it, it is it's pretty disappointing, and I think outwardly kind of going back to your other point, I do think you kind of had this real like faction of the parties right now where the left is trying to figure out what they are right you have it's kind of like bernie sanders you Mm -hmm. had some of these people really taking over the democratic party in a lot of ways and then the republican party is essentially at this point the party of trump and anybody who's not completely with trump no matter Mm -hmm. where they stand on on issues it's considered to not be republican so like you had this weird dynamic where like the democratic party is moving very far left the republican party i don't think they're moving as far right necessarily but they're moving a lot more towards trump and people have you know policy or mm-hmm. personal disagreements with him seem to be left behind so we're just in a weird spot right now and you know with it's going to be interesting to see what happens for the next six to eight years with both parties i think you're having a splintering uh, on both sides i totally agree and the point that you made about elected officials not caring about fiscal responsibility really makes you miss senator tom coburn did you ever read and look at his stuff mark the his government waste book i he spoke at an event that i put on years ago and man it really, all this stuff really makes you really makes you miss him because he was a senator who put his money where his mouth was. And as a result, I, I hate to say this, but it's kind of true. He was pretty ineffective because he didn't make a lot of friends because he called out he called out the the BS in the government and and how money is spent. And when you do that, you don't play politics. Unfortunately, you don't get as much done. It's the people who play the quid pro quo and and spend the money and allocate the money that get the most done. And that's why people don't trust politicians, I think. And it leaves those of us who look at it with a critical eye, but want the best for America, kind of just sitting on our couches playing solitaire on our phones because we're like, no one listens to this and no one wants what we want. (laughs) We're we're both in communications. Tom Coburn was extremely effective in actually getting this idea out there. I mean, I mean, the, the, the list yes. that he made, I mean, this would never have been out there without him. So it's like it made the general public care a lot more about it. So like maybe he didn't I, and I don't even know what he did or didn't pass. But like he at least made the general public care about things. I think it was like the bridge to nowhere in Alaska. I think that was from him that, that came out. So like, yes. there's these big issues that were big issues because Tom Cobra made it. So I actually think he's very effective. And, you know, like maybe very he wasn't effective as direct- PR wise. But but I don't think and maybe not directly responsible, like they didn't pass his bills, but like there was things that definitely went down because he made a big deal about it, even if it wasn't one of his bills. So I actually think that he was pretty effective in that way. And I, and I do think, you know, it, kind of going back to your original news that um, it's interesting seeing people leaving these political parties. because we, Like you said, um, Tulsi Gabbard just left the Democratic Party yesterday um, and said, basically, it's mm-hmm. a warmongering party. You know, it's I think she kind of used the woke thing as one of the reasons. And I do think you're to see more of this uh, coming out. And I mean, you've seen a few people leave the party because of actually some sitting, you know, uh, Republican representatives left the party because of Trump. So it's like you're seeing some right. people's kind of standing up, whether you agree or not agree and saying this just isn't for me anymore as a party. And, and it'll be interesting to see if they can do something and, and it, also where their principles are, right? Because Tulsi Gabbard has always been very pretty far left in her policy, but she's always been a very reasonable person. I so I expect that she's still, you know, mostly a Democrat in her views. I think it's more the the, pra- the practice of how they um, try to force other people into what they think, not mm-hmm. have open discussion. They now seem to be the party of war. We're like that, that kind of has switched over the past 15 years. I think a lot <laughs> of their priorities kind of crazy? have changed. It is. I know. Yeah. I mean, it. when we think about George W. Bush, like we think of kind of the Republicans being the one who's whatever you want to say, protect the country, ready to go to war. Now it seems the opposite way where, where the Republicans are a lot more skeptical of war, where the Democrats, maybe they don't say they want to go to war, but they're 
trying to put a lot of things into place to say like, oh, we're ready to, to do this. Like it, it is interesting how the national security conversations change over the last 20 years. I know. I still think about in my youth, my art teacher, my very liberal art teacher in high school had a bumper sticker in the Bush years that said, make cornbread, not war. And I was like, oh my gosh, our (laughs) boys are in Afghanistan right now dying. I'm like in the sixth grade. And I'm like watching all this stuff and like thinking about that. Like this was me in the sixth grade. I was absolutely insane. But now you're right. There has been a complete shift. I saw a video online just yesterday of someone standing up at an AOC meeting and shouting at her for sending like money to to Ukraine and yeah. Russia and all those things. And so, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, you're not wrong. And so, I, you know, we all talked about our political science classes, the party realignment. It happens every now and yeah. then. I'm wondering if that's what we're witnessing in, in our lifetime is a, is a party realignment. Only time will tell. It, it kind of <laughs> seemed like to me that kind of realignment happened a lot during the Obama years because the loudest, you know, people on the left or even some of the people on the right said like, you know, Bush, the war mongers going to war and stuff. They basically like loved Obama, supported Obama, no matter what he did. So that when Obama's, you know, dropping bombs and drones and, and kind of escalating wars, they kind of had to yeah. sit like the same people who were the most critical of George W. Bush were like, well, now the guy that I'm, uh, I like is doing this. And a lot of them just sat down and was quiet. I mean, you had a couple people that really spoke out against that. Um, and actually kind of, again, same thing, the very far left where the people actually spoke out. But a lot of the very Democrats who trashed the Bush administration's foreign policy had to be quiet because they liked Obama. So then they're in this position where like, you can't be quiet um, for eight years and then speak up again and say what you want. But like Donald yes. Trump is one, of, is one of the most, I, I don't know how to say this, but he's one of the least warmongery presidents we've had maybe in my lifetime. I, know. I mean, seriously, I mean, and, and he, I he pointed that it's out true. when he ran. He, he was very anti-war. He didn't do anything. And, and you know, people question what he did. Like, oh, he's going to lead us to a war. He didn't. I mean, he, he was for all the things he you didn't. could say about him. He I mean, he kept peace. And we were I mean, it, it's just insane to think that he's the guy, the guy with maybe the, the worst temperament of any of the presidents that we've seen who actually kept us, you know, I'd say the safest or at least the, out of other other wars that maybe we don't belong in. Yes, so much de-escalation during the Trump years, and then all of a sudden, here here we go again, it ramps back up. It's kind of wild. So that's some food for thought for you guys. Let us know what you think of that in the comments or shoot us an email, because I'm very open to discussing this, because I think it is so incredibly interesting, just the philosophy of politics. I think it's so incredibly interesting. Uh, Let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, Speaking of war, it's Major League Baseball playoff season. (laughs) I don't think we want to compare that to war. Let's let's, let's take that one back a little bit. But let let me say what I was going to say about that. I have a bit of a temper when it comes to sports and I have been uh, waging my own type of war on all of my friends because everybody keeps chirping at me about the Braves and I have been issuing some fighting words and doubling back and apologizing because everybody hates a winner. Okay. And that's just my burden to bear as an Alabama fan and a Braves fan. Everybody hates a winner. Everybody is rooting for the Braves to fail. Everybody's rooting for Alabama to fail, but that's been the story of my life for the last 10 years. Everybody wants the Braves to fail. I personally don't want to play the Dodgers again. I'm very nervous about that, but I am really trying and you guys can keep me accountable for this. I need to hold my tongue when people start chirping at me and not wage war on all of my friends because (laughs) I'm not going to have any friends by the end of this season (laughs) if I can't keep my mouth shut. Um, I'm really nervous though. I I watched the game last night, including the, the goose on the field at the Dodgers game. That was a hoot. I don't know what you think is going to happen, Mark. Let me, let me hear some of your hot takes. 
I think it's an interesting playoff because there's not a clear favorite, right? You kind of have these two teams that are above everyone mm-hmm. else. You kind of the Do- the Dodgers and the Astros, and then you have that next tier mm-hmm. of really good teams that could win, which is mostly just the Braves and the Yankees of these other teams that have a decent chance yeah. of winning. But it's been a really fun playoff so far. I kind of like how we were talking. Like I love doing work. I was kind of editing the pork report while the Braves game was on in the background. I love day so baseball. Fun. Yeah, so it's I mean, so I, I think it's good. I, th- I think the Dodgers have kind of shown that they have a little bit of a, a an issue here with some of their stars pitching and last night did not go well and if Kershaw is not on and your eyes is not on they can have issues so I'm still I I kind of had this view from the beginning uh, and I do think the Yankees are going to lose the Guardians despite being up 1-0 I think that's a great if you want to bet they're like plus 380 Um, but I mean I I have to go with the the Dodgers and the Astros in the championship but I wouldn't be surprised I think the Braves are the one team they could do it their offense you know looks a lot better the Phillies are weird though they're a tough team and you know, if it was for, I mean, Wheeler pitched great again last night. If it wasn't for Kyle Wright kind of having a shutdown game, I mean, that could have been the Phillies up 2-0. Mm-hmm. So I have to think it's going to be Braves, Dodgers. And then I do I do think the Guardians are going to upset the Yankees. we got to figure out Guardians, Astros. And you got to look at the regular season. Like, the Astros and the Dodgers were far and away the two best teams in the league. It's the most likely yes. they're there. They're the deepest. They, they generally have the best bullpens. But the Dodgers have a real issue with starting pitching. So that, that is really where I think the Braves could get them. But I think that Strider needs to be back at 100%. And, and that's not where he's at right now. So if they move on, he needs to be at 100% so he can start a game. I think that's the difference, whether they can beat the Dodgers or not. We need him. I need, I need like a lobotomy and a cocktail on Saturday because Alabama, Tennessee, Braves, Phillies. I don't know how I'm going to survive Saturday. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a disaster all day on Saturday. I'm so nervous about Alabama, Tennessee because after our showing against Texas A&M last week, which was so bad and like I thought I was going to have an ulcer we have got to get Bryce Young healthy and back or or we don't stand a chance I I just I love our team I believe in the Crimson Tide but I I know football and we don't stand a chance if we play like that Mark are you going to are you going to insult me? I have a little bit of a hot take on this one. I I have a hot take on this one. Uh, Everyone's hyping this up. This game, you know, it's on ESPN. Everyone's talking about this and everyone, even Alabama fans like, yeah, we understand we we might lose this game. Why is Tennessee good? I'm asking this legitimately. I know they're undefeated. Who have they beaten? They haven't been the team ranked. Their best win is an overtime win. They didn't beat Kentucky. Kentucky is good. They didn't beat Kentucky. They didn't beat Kentucky. No, they didn't play Kentucky yet. Oh, no, they beat LSU. Who is, they beat oh, LSU. Who that's trash. what I was thinking. It's LSU. That it was yeah. LSU that I was thinking of. LSU's a bad yes. football team. Um, they're not a good football team. They beat Pitt, who is really bad, in overtime when their quarterback got hurt in the first quarter. Right? They mm-hmm. have like these very mediocre wins. But again, this is somebody who's like, you know, I guess I'm an SEC hater in this way. The middle of the conference is not good. So my opinion is, I don't know if Tennessee's good or not. I'm not saying they're bad. I just have not seen enough to actually believe that they're a great football team. Because you need to beat somebody. Yes. Good, right. And, I know. and that's, that's what, Alabama, yes. Alabama's got good wins. Alabama beat a good Texas team. Like I give them credit. Mm-hmm. With that being said, <laughs> here, here's my weird thing. If Bryce Young doesn't play, it's a coin flip. You're at Tennessee. Tennessee, I think, you know, it might even be, I, I would probably pick them to win. If, if Bryce Young plays, I bet Alabama wins by two plus touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be that. I, I, I have not. I just haven't seen enough out of Tennessee. That, that's what I'm going to say. You don't have a great backup quarterback. I, I think Tennessee fans are really excited. I had somebody, one of my friends text me, it feels like 98. It's not like 98. Let me see you beat somebody. If you go and beat Alabama this week, even with the backup quarterback, I, I will believe in you. 
I think they've looked good so far. I don't think they're a bad team. I just haven't seen that they're an elite team. And I think we'll find out this week. I know all of the Tennessee fans saying we beat Pitt. Okay, well, so did Georgia Tech. So what's your point? Yep. Just makes me nervous. Georgia Tech won more handily on the road. Tennessee had to take overtime with a backup quarterback for, for Pitt to beat them. So like, let's remember, yeah, this Georgia Tech team, like it, it's, that's what I'm saying. This is not a done deal. The only thing is I think that Tennessee is going to be, so far this year, they've been a different team at home than on the road. So obviously being played in Knoxville is a big deal for them. But like, there's something mm-hmm. about, a team like Alabama, and again, I don't like them. You know, I don't like them. But like, there are a bunch of guys yeah, who have, who know how to win close games. Tennessee's not been there. They've yes. not won close games at big moments. Alabama got you know outplayed by Texas the whole game, and they found a way to win the game. Like those kind of things matter. And I'm not sure that Tennessee has that ability in a close game in the fourth quarter if they're going to be able to beat Alabama. So like, honestly, the more and more I thought about, it, I'm probably going Alabama either way. But I'm going with them somewhat big if Bryce Young plays. Never give up on the tide, baby. <laughs> let's uh, let's leave this off on a positive note because I need your help curing my anxiety this weekend because I, like I said, I'm going to be so anxious on Saturday and you just gave me a good outcome. If you can give me a good outcome, I need all the good vibes you can get for the Braves. The Braves need all the good, the, the good vibes you can give them. Our bullpen, we need it. Mark, let's talk about what you did. You and Kira just went on the most precious anniversary trip. He, y'all, he was texting me Friday night and saying, we have to talk about this place on the podcast. It's so cute. My mom and I love a girls weekend now that my sister's married we're queens of the girls weekend and we love going to cute places that we hear about and this is going to be next on our trip mark tell us where you guys went and what you experienced there yeah i think we want to put a focus on some of these small businesses that might not get the press that they normally do so none of this is advertisements we're just talking about our experiences but i went to this place called so it's in centerville it's called the farmhouse inn at farm 50 west it's in the middle of of centerville very small cute town about an hour i think about hour 15 minutes away from us and it was just the coolest property this big house they had these rooms they made breakfast for you every morning they did it we went in i said oh is there a way to do dinner and they just made us a dinner they bought steak and mashed potatoes it was this beautiful dinner for our anniversary and they just are so i think it was sharon and and i think bill or or no sharon rob i think it was but they, they did this great it was just an incredible property really relaxing beautiful rooms beautiful property they had everything you need a great you know wraparound back deck great front deck you could see nature as the leaves were starting to change it was just this beautiful place and just the best proprietors who we talked about politics, talked about everything. And they were just very nice people and had this great property that I suggest everyone goes to. I think my total for like two full nights was like 200 bucks. It was crazy cheap for what you got. And it's, and it's a great place. And it's right near this. I, I'd never been before, but this place called Grinder Switch Winery. They had these great sweet wines, dessert wines that are unbelievable. And I had a great time there too. So if you ever center, we're going to grind or switch, but they also have a natural location that's actually in oh. the building that we work in. It's right. It's right in the building we work in. And it was so good. So I get like nine <laughs> bottles of wine for presents oh uh, for Christmas. But like, I like if I need more, I want to go to the one in Nashville, but it was yes. a great weekend. It was a couple of weeks ago before all this stuff happened, which was nice. And yeah, I'm going to talk about, but I, honestly, if you get a chance, the farm, in the farmhouse in at Farm 50 West, unbelievable. Go there. I actually saw somebody I knew, Nicole Williams, was there who used to work with us. It was just a weird oh coincidence. There's only five rooms, so it's even weirder. But 
great place. I would suggest going there. Um, I'm going to definitely go back and then definitely go to Grinder Switch too. It's a great winery. So just a romantic weekend, weekend with your parents. It, it's a very, very fun place. And again, it's, it's nice to get somewhere just affordable and you kind of feel like you're in nature, but like have all the amenities you want. Yes, I love that. So guys, if you are looking for just a weekend out of Nashville, maybe at the time when, I don't know, CMA Fest and you just got to get out of town or something right. crazy is going on in Nashville, that would be like the perfect time to just escape to Centerville. You can go out on the lake, Centerville Lake. They have great hiking in that area, Fall Creek Falls. It's all around that same area, like beautiful hiking, a great area to go. I love that we're highlighting places outside of Nashville because as for me and my homebody nature, I typically stick close. But there are so many cute places. Tennessee is an incredible place to live. There are so many great places we can go. And the more we can highlight, Ron has a lot of great hiking suggestions. He and his wife do a lot of those parks. So if you're if you're in the area, if you want a weekend out of, out of Nashville and out of the madness of, you know, when we get this new stadium built, the Super Bowl, which I will absolutely get out of town for that. Anything, if if they we get the Super Bowl, like they say, like they're justifying we will with the stadium. If any of that does happen, this is a great place to get out of town. We'll be recommending as we see more and more, we'll be recommending more and more places to just escape from Nashville for a weekend. It's it's beautiful. Or if you're in Nashville, if you have a small business that, you know, you the, a restaurant, a place that we go, a bar, yes. anything like that, but, but you want to still like a, a local place. I mean, I think that, you know, you get these gigantic, you know, companies that get a lot of press and they're usually very good. Sure. But if you've got a hole in the wall, a place that, you, you know, might not get that much press, let us know. We'll come out and we'll see it. And we'd love to talk about it because I think it's, it's important that, I mean, we want to, there's so many entrepreneurs in Tennessee. We want to highlight them. I mean, that's important for us to see these people who are entrepreneurial and are doing things to help, you know, not only help themselves, but help the community and give somebody, you know, a great place to eat or drink or stay. Absolutely. In almost any given Friday afternoon, Friday evening, six o'clock-ish, you can find me and my friends at the Nation's Bar and Grill in West Nashville playing cards and having a Bud Light. Like we love just these cute little hole-in-the-wall places. Every time I go into Nation's, the TV's on outside and I'm like, can you put on the Braves game or can you put on this game or whatever? And we just watch baseball, play cards and have a beer. Like these little places that are so charming and so great all over Tennessee, we want to highlight more and more of those. So if you have a favorite place, let us know. We'd love to hear about it uh and with that mark i'm so glad you're back you look better than ever and don't forget to subscribe on spotify and apple podcasts and we will see you guys we both will see you guys next week 